Welcome to This Week in Nickelodeon History. Welcome aboard. I'm your captain, Captain Eric, and on this week's episode, we're going to cover some Nickelodeon anniversaries, if you believe it or not, in between the times of October 23rd to October 29th. And I am recording this episode right after recording the song, uh, the song part I did for Gary Come Home uh, for the for the episode of the Squarecast episode 137 at the end of that episode i belt out a a end portion of that song in a different kind of manner than the original and i really enjoyed making it but i literally went from that which wasn't just a oh it's a one-time thing it happened once that was it cut let's move on no i had to do that yesterday a few times to see how my voice could withstain it and I even tried doing the whole song kind of in that manner and uh and it didn't really turn out well and then I re-recorded it this morning and uh, I didn't have any problem doing that because it's one of my favorite Nickelodeon songs in general it's not even one of my favorite Spongebob songs I mean it is but it's not just that if you lined up every Nickelodeon song to ever exist in the history of the channel Gary Come Home would just be in the top five of that list so it's not a problem to re-record it anytime I need to re-record it. And if I have to record another version of that song down the road, I'm not going to have a problem with that. One thing to keep note of for this week in This Week in Nickelodeon History is on October 28th, it is your captain's birthday. That's right. October 28th is my birthday. As far as the year is concerned, we don't need to talk about that. Years out on the sea mean nothing. But the day is special. So, if you would like to help celebrate my birthday, there are certainly three things that you can do for me. The first of which is check out that song. Go and check out the podcast, either in its uh, video form, its audio form. Go and check out that end bit. I would really appreciate that. The video version of the podcast will have the captain on screen singing. I do promise that. The second thing you can do to help celebrate my birthday is subscribe to that YouTube channel. It's the best way for me to know how many of you exist other than, you know, other forms of social media, but that's where I post all of my content. So if there's ever any discussions or anything to post and share about, that's going to be the main place to go. So please subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel at your earliest convenience. And number three is, of course, find me on social media and just let me know that you're out there. Say hi. On Twitter, it's at I'm Ready Podcast, and on Instagram, it's at Spongebob Podcast. Go to those. Let me know you exist. Feel free to say happy birthday, even if it's belated. Your time is appreciated, and since we are on your time, let's get to the real reason why you're here, the real meat of this platter, the Nickelodeon anniversaries. My birthday, again, is on October 28th, and ironically, 28 years ago, we are starting out on October 24th, 1994 with the premiere 
of Gullah Gullah Island, created by Maria Magdalena Perez, Kathleen Minton, Catapano, and Kit Laybourne. The show ran for four seasons of 70 episodes, mainly a Nick Jr. show. I mean, really technically a Nick Jr. show. The show is presented by Ron and Natalie Days and is a wonderful look into an exciting new culture, including animals of which you have never seen before, including the likelihood of the Binya Binya frog. If you have never seen Gullah Gullah Island, even if you are above the demographic for its audience, it is still a pleasure to have on in the background if you're getting work done. The music that Ron and Natalie bring to the world is just, it's some of my favorite I have ever had. I'm, I'm blessed to have grown up with Gullah Gullah Island on my screen, and it's available on streaming services, so it is still in a wide variety of places for you to find. There is a spinoff of this show that is not as widely available as uh, it was a short-form six-episode show around the Binya Binya frog, and it's called Binya Binya, and only, I think, five... Oh, there's only five episodes of the show, and only a few snippets here and there have been released, but this show was presented to Nickelodeon in 1998. It aired in February of that year, from February 2nd to February 6th, and then was never seen from again. So beyond this wonderful series that we have with Gullah Gullah Island, we have this legitimate lost piece of Nickelodeon media. So if anyone within Paramount Plus can hear me out, go through the Nickelodeon archives. There are five episodes of Binya Binya that you should just upload either to YouTube, Paramount Plus, whatever you need to do. They're just sitting around somewhere on some tape, so... I don't know. If the captain has to dig through tapes to look through this thing, you know my email address, nickelodeonhistory at gmail.com. Also that year, 28 years ago, on October 24th, 1994, another Nick Jr. show, Allegra's Window, premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Jan Fleming Candler, John Hoffman, and Doug creator Jim Jenkins, the show ran for three seasons of 50 episodes. The one aspect I really personally love about Allegra's Window is the Jim Jenkins design of characters that you can see still within the puppets. It's it's really one-to-one -one with Allegra's brother. What's his name? I have the list here. Uh, it's not. Rondo. Yeah, her brother Rondo looks like Doug, but purple with with more hair on his head. You can see the nose and the eyes. And that's what I really love about the show is going through, looking at the puppets and being able to tell, oh yeah, that is Jim Jenkins's design. And it's a beautifully well done puppet show with live action actors. It's not really all puppets, but if you haven't seen it, it's at least worth, you know, checking out for five or 10 minutes. It's certainly not going to be the worst of your day. I promise you that. And once again, 28 years ago, on October 29th, 1994, we had the premiere of the fifth Nicktoon, Ah! Real Monsters. Created by Arlene Klasky, Gabar Chupo, and Peter Gaffney, the show ran for four seasons of 52 episodes. Ah! Real Monsters is a perfect show to come along in Nickelodeon's trajectory at this point in time. 
I mean, they were just hitting hit after hit after hit. The first three Nicktoons, Doug, Ren and Stimpy, and Rugrats, all of them blew up on the mainstream. Rocco's Modern Life was a welcome addition. And then here comes in Ah Real Monsters, another show out of Klasky Chupo, the animation studio who gifted us Rugrats and would go on to create Rocket Power, as told by Ginger, the Wild Thornberries, which, of course, maybe one of those we might be talking about later on, but we'll get to that later. Arlene Klasky and Gabar Chupo are legends to me in animation. And to not take away what Peter Gaffney brought to the table, the world of Aro Monsters is one that I feel like we haven't seen enough of. Yes, if you lay out all of the different adventures of the monsters, we have over a hundred different tales we could tell in the world of the real monsters. But how does this world exist in a world where everybody has a camera in their pocket. Huh? I mean, even Monsters, Inc. really didn't cover that information, but hey, I can hope that one day we get to step back into the monster world, and hopefully it's still while Jim Belushi is around because I think he would love to come back as Simon the Monster Hunter. Uh, let me just tell you, this week's top five is going to be my top five Ah Real Monsters episodes by the way, did I double check? Did I already do that? I don't think I covered Aro Monsters on this yet. Maybe if I did, it was um, the characters. But let me quickly go through this list. And, you know, you would think I'd double check. But right when I saw Aro Monsters on this week's docket, I was like, ooh, that is the top five. And I just immediately didn't even double check. Nope. Brand new list here. So top five Aro Monsters episodes at the end of our countdown. 26 years ago, on October 25th, 2000, we had the premiere of As Told by Ginger, another show out of the Klasky Chupo Animation Studio. As Told by Ginger was created by Emily Kapnick and ran for three seasons of 60 episodes. Now, if you were to line up all of the Klasky Chupo cartoons, As Told by Ginger on its surface may stick out like a sore thumb. There's nothing really special about it. There's no talking babies, talking monsters, talking to animals, or extreme sports. But let me tell you, after you look beyond the surface of As Told by Ginger, there is enough Nickelodeon to be found, including an eyeball suspended in a glass jar of liquid that is the artifact of contention between characters that is constantly stolen and passed around from season to season, this is a Nicktoon of like we haven't had before. We haven't had a cartoon that really held up its continuity. Things that happen in one episode can be held onto and brought up in future episodes from characters. There is legitimately storylines weaving in and out and characters interacting that are a bit like Degrassi, but with a bit of a Nickelodeon edge to it. I gotta say, upon aging up in my life, I've been able to look at this show in a completely different perspective than I was at the time. I wasn't really the demographic of this show, but I still found a lot to love with it. I enjoyed the fact that characters would be brought up from previous episodes or events that happened in the past, and you didn't really see that in a lot of Nicktoons. There was a lot of this... Once the episode ends, things would kind of 
go back to the way they were. And very rarely, unless there was a new character brought into the show, was continuity constantly acknowledged. You know, that's where you would see, you know, oh, this is a certain season when a new character would come in. And beyond that, you didn't really have this kind of storytelling on Nickelodeon. So kudos to all of those who worked on As Told by Ginger. You really knocked it out of the park with that one. I I love the show from beginning to end. And if you haven't watched it, I can really only recommend it to you. It is worth the watch. What else may be worth a watch is this once lost piece of Nickelodeon media. 22 years ago, on October 28, 2000, we had the premiere of the Nickelodeon television movie Cry Baby Lane, a thrilling Nickelodeon movie that aired once in the year 2000 and was thought to be a lost piece of media. In fact, this was regarded as one of the biggest pieces of Nickelodeon lost media in the internet ages of the 2010s, and there were rumors that Nickelodeon barred this film for future release for whatever reason, and it got that one airing, when in fact, through some collective digging of the internet, it was just that Nickelodeon forgot the film even existed. Even the film's director, Peter Lauer, confirmed during an interview that his assumptions were that the movie was just not a success on television, and he had moved on himself, so he didn't really worry about it. But he was happy that the internet, you know, all these years later, were coming back and talking about something that he worked on. Of course, with all of this talk, Nickelodeon would re-air Cry Baby Lane in the year 2011 on Teen Nick and in subsequent years around the October season. Twelve years ago, on October 23rd, 2010, The Boy Who Cried Werewolf premiered on Nickelodeon, the television movie was directed by Eric Bros and was starring Victoria Justice. Last but certainly not least, 10 years ago, on October 26, 2012, the Nickelodeon movie Fun Size premiered in theaters. The movie was directed by Josh Schwartz and was also another Nickelodeon movie starring Victoria Justice. This one, unfortunately, being in theaters has a bit more of a point to its success being it's box office that we can look at to see how well it did. And unfortunately, this movie was made on a budget of about $14 million and only brought in about $11.4 million at the box office. Fun size, from its name, you can see that and go, well, what is that movie about? There could be a multitude of things fun size could be. It could be a movie with the Wayans brothers trying to remake Little Man. Or it could be a movie about a rom-com of some sort. I don't know. When I see that name, I don't instantly think of the candy, which is the direction they were clearly going with. Cause when you look at the poster, it's a Halloween esque movie. Now I almost saw this movie in theaters based off of the promotion of Johnny Knoxville being a part of the film in some way, but I just was a bit more selective for my theater experiences at the time. And I missed fun size. I still haven't seen it since, and honestly, I haven't really heard any good word of mouth of that movie. So if you have any good things to say about Fun Size and you're watching the YouTube version of this video, please let me know what you think. Is it worth watching? I know it's it's not that long of a movie and it's around the Halloween season, so why not throw it on? But uh, I don't know. There's so many new things every single year. So I do have to be a bit more selective with that time. But 
there's enough people who think Fun Size is worth checking out, you should definitely let me know. As far as this week's top five, I have my top five Ah Real Monsters episodes. These are the ones that I go to. These are my go-to Real Monsters episodes. If someone has never seen the show or if I'm looking to throw an episode on and I really want to watch it and I haven't seen the show in a while, obviously after these five, I'll dive into any episode of that show. They're all fantastic, but there can only be one at the top of that list. Number five was a tough one to pick because originally I was going to cheat in this list and have a top two in my number one because both episodes are part of the same half hour. And it was just like, well, it's one of those things that why would I tell you, stop here, this is the end, why don't I just continue the episode? There's your number one. But I I was fair, and I thought, you know what, I would put that other episode lower on the list, and it's got to sit here at number five. So gone shopping, and if you're a Auro Monsters fan, that should be a very easy indication as to what my number one is. But gone shopping is an episode where the monsters get locked in a shopping mall overnight and are trying to get their hands on a lava lamp while getting away from a security guard and his dogs. It's one of my favorite episodes of the show. I I love it simply because it comes after my favorite episode and I've watched it a ton of times because of that. But I've ended up wanting to own a lava lamp almost every time I've watched that episode. And almost 10 minutes go by after the episode is done. And then I immediately forget that I even wanted to own a lava lamp in the first place. But let me tell you, if there is ever a piece of media that I could point to that could get someone to buy a lava lamp or at least think about wanting a lava lamp, it would be the episode Gone Shopping, the second half of the sixth episode of season one. My fourth episode on this list is This Is Your Brain on Ickis. Ickis gets into the brain legitimately of my favorite character of the show, Simon the Monster Hunter. That should be pretty clear as this list goes on. Simon is voiced by Jim Belushi. Oh my God! God! Better than God, Jim Belushi. And is absolutely pitch perfect for this character in this world. And is constantly aware of the monster's existence. He's basically the Mr. Crocker from The Fairly Odd Parents, but in Our Real Monsters. He knows they exist but has little to no evidence to back it up and is just moving head on forward in his conquest of trying to uncover this secret world. It really is one-to-one between Simon the Monster Hunter and Denzel Crocker, although I would honestly put more faith into Simon than Mr. Crocker at this point in time. Anyway, Simon the Monster Hunter gets Ickis stuck in his mind And there's no real way to explain this in audio form without it sounding extraordinarily weird. So it's best that you actually just watch this episode. The second half of the second episode of season two. Number three on my list is another season one episode, Crumb's Pimple. First half of episode five of season one. In this episode, a pimple grows on the top of Crumb's head, and eventually this pimple is able to sprout arms and eyes and a mouth and is able to speak 
then eventually is putting Crumb down with insults. And it is a romp of an episode. You have no idea where this story is going. It's one of my favorites to go back to. As a kid, I was blown away by the idea of something just growing on your person and then being someone else. And then after that episode, hearing about, oh yeah, there are cases of Siamese twins where one is attached like that. And I just blew my mind and it all came from this episode. This was my first instance of that thought. Uh, And I'm not considering Siamese twins pimples. That is just happenstance to the character of the pimple that happens to grow out of crumb. At the end of the episode, not to really spoil anything, he's able to fully get out. So I don't think his status as a pimple necessarily should be a negative thing as he's able to really do some extraordinary things in that episode. Let's move on. Number two, Simon Strikes Back, the return of Simon the Monster Hunter. But there's a special reason I love this episode because it's not just the return of Simon the Monster Hunter. It's the return of a few other characters that have encountered the monsters throughout the first season. I'm talking about Murray, the dancing monster from the classic episode Monsters Don't Dance, and Bradley, a character from the second episode of the show, which was a remake of the original pilot that featured a young boy befriending Ickis and not really being afraid of him. And Bradley would make a few other appearances in the show, but this is an episode about Simon getting together all these other characters who have witnessed the monsters, and he is going to expose the monsters to the world. And here we were talking about, as told by Ginger, keeping the continuity of the show going from episode to episode. And here was an early example of that exact practice happening, where if you were paying attention throughout that first season, seeing these characters getting exposed to monsters one by one, and then all of a sudden they're all coming together in this one group. Oh my goodness. But what is my number one episode of Aro Monsters? Well, I've already alluded to it. I've actually already mentioned it. It is Monsters Don't Dance. The episode including Murray the Monster, the first half of the sixth episode of season one. Murray the Monster is a play on Barney the Dinosaur on top of showcasing what children's entertainment is about, just about that advertisement money, baby, about selling that merchandise. (sighs) Yeah. Money. And the monsters at first are intrigued by Murray and his antics before they find out the truth that he's just a guy in a suit and that this guy is using monsters to make profit and making them look bad and making kids laugh at them when they should be scary. What is this guy doing up there? Who does he think he is? Well, I love that episode. It's one of my favorites. And to be fair, paired alongside with Gone Shopping, coming right after it, is just my favorite dual pairing of an Auro Monsters episode. So that is going to be it for this week in Nickelodeon history. Mateys, please, please, from the bottom of my heart, take some time out of your day to call up your mom, Your father, a brother, a sister, someone in your family, a friend, a best friend, someone you haven't spoken to in a while, and just say hi. Let them know how you feel, how your day is going, that you're doing okay. And at the end of the day, that's what I really want for my birthday. Because I want you to know that you're not alone. And I want you to take that and push that out. 
to other people. Let them know that you're not alone. And if you would like to reach Captain Eric and write anything over to the show, anything you'd like read out on the air, read out through the captain's voice, you can at NickelodeonHistory at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and on Instagram at SpongeBobPodcast. You can also follow my Twitch channels, twitch.tv slash SpongeBobPodcast and twitch.tv slash TheCaptainEric. But out of all of my social media, the best to follow is the Captain Eric YouTube channel in the podcast description below. Hit that subscribe button, and if you're inclined to, hit that bell. It'll notify you anytime the captain puts something out. You can do so at your will. And if you would like to go the extra mile to support the captain, remember, anything that comes in through my projects, go directly back into my projects. You can go down to the link in the podcast description below, the Redbubble link. I am currently getting together 10 or so new images to be uploaded that you can purchase across a multitude of different items. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a t-shirt. It can simply be a Captain Eric sticker that you can then post on something to show your support. That is the most appreciated. And mateys, please, thank you for coming aboard. Please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of This Week in Nickelodeon history. On the Lord Huck, hero Huck, Nick. On the Lord Huck, hero Huck, Nick, Nick. On the Ricky Tiggy Low, while living number one, Nickelodeon.